0: Monica. Good morning, everybody. I wish I could speak Mandarin for this whole sermon, but I think that's the limit of the words that I know. So my name's Mike Eastman. I'm one of the pastors here at Epping Presbyterian Church, and I worship Jesus. More than anything else, Jesus is the object of my worship, of our worship. Why? Because he is worthy. He's worthy of my worship. And he's the only one who is worthy. But you know something? I didn't always worship Jesus. I grew up with a message that said I needed to be worthy that said if I lived a good life, did good things, and I was sure to obey God's rules, then God would love me and bless me. I grew up learning that if I just sought to model my life on Jesus, that would make me right with God. And I tried. I wanted God to love me, and when I experienced horrible things as a child... I wondered why God wasn't stopping it. And even when I pleaded with God, it didn't stop. And I started wondering, I must have done something wrong. God's not happy with me. I came to the conclusion that I just wasn't worthy. So in my teenage years, I flipped that narrative I gave up trying to be worthy of God, and I decided that it was God who was not worthy of me. And I spent the next 20-odd years of my life praising myself and seeking the praise of others, of people. I thought of myself as worthy. And of course, that meant nobody else was. Then I met Jesus. When I was at my worst, when I was most unworthy, he paid my debt. He died my death. He gave me his life. He purchased me for God. Everything that I had done and everything that had been done to me was now purchased by his blood. You see, Jesus turned my worship of sin into weeping for him. And my weeping for sin, he turned into worship of him. I worship Jesus. This Jesus is the lamb who was slain. This Jesus is the one who I worship. And this Jesus is the one that I want all of us to see Today, as we open up the words of his testimony in Revelation chapter 5, Jesus is worthy. And if you go away from here today remembering only one thing, please make it this. Jesus is worthy of your worship, of your time, of your thoughts, of your efforts, of your possessions. He's worthy of your very life. He's worthy. So as we go through Revelation 5 together this morning, we will notice two things. And these two things, two truths, lay at the heart of what it means to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus. Firstly, notice our utter unworthiness. And this unworthiness results in Weeping. And secondly, see the infinite worth, the worthiness of Jesus, which results in worship. So if you can have your Bibles open at Revelation chapter 5, I'm just going to pray now. Father, I praise you and I thank you for purchasing me and placing me in your kingdom so I may serve you with my life. Lord, thank you that this morning we have the privilege of opening your word and in the midst of, you know, struggles and fears and panic around us, even sickness, uh, Father, we ask you to help us be still this morning, help us to hear you, and help us to acknowledge that we desperately need you your redemption. Lord, we praise you for you are the only one who is worthy of our praise. Amen. So firstly, we're going to look at the weeping of unworthiness, we'd call it. So I'm now at verse 1. Yep. So now at verse 1. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Now we've reached a critical point here. The scroll that's held in the powerful right hand of God himself holds the already written future of the entire creation. The Old Testament prophets pointed ahead to this very moment. The scroll contains the title deed to the earth and everything in it. And it's sealed really, really well. Only the one who's appointed by God himself would be able to open this scroll. Whoever knows its contents knows the mind of God. But more than that, the one who breaks the seals and opens this scroll would become the agent by which all the eternal plans of God are carried out in the earth. They would be the appointed judge and ruler over all things. So the universal challenge is issued and it would have been with a booming voice. Who is worthy? And... Silence. Nothing. Nobody. None are worthy. All that can be heard is John weeping. There is no one on earth, in heaven or in hell, who is worthy of God. Notice the question was not who is willing, but rather who is worthy. And history is filled with fallen conquerors and wannabe rulers and their shattered dreams for the future of the world. And today is no different. There's many who are willing, yet none are worthy. No matter how great a leader may first seem, no matter how noble their goals or effective their visions, no matter how agile they may be. The more we know of a person, the more we see their unworthiness. And sadly, church leaders are no exception. We see pastors, we see popular preachers, church planters. Sometimes these people have really, really powerful, charismatic personalities, attracting many people and experiencing what would seemingly be apparent success in ministry only to have them exposed as a bully or have claims of sexual misconduct made against them. Or we discover that while they may seem like such a loving, strong leader at church, they've been abusing their family at home. No wonder John wept. No wonder we weep. We're meant to weep. Things aren't as they should be. John weeps because he knows that this world needs redemption. The world needs a leader. We need a king. This scroll must be opened and the seals broken for God's purposes to be fulfilled. And John's tears represent the weeping of God's people, including us, of all time. They represent our weeping. If there's no one worthy to open the scroll, the future would not be known. There would be no hope. So you see, our utter unworthiness results in our weeping. And like John, we weep because we need redemption. So I wonder, how about you? Do you look at the world around you, the people around you, and wonder what the future might have in store for them? Do you watch the news? Do you see empty supermarket shelves? You hear panic all around you. You weep for the sickness, the suffering, fear, even death that is in the world. Maybe you yourself are fearful Or maybe right now you're coping with something in secret that you don't think anyone can help you with. Maybe worn down by your own feelings of unworthiness. You know, this passage we're looking at is a reminder that even for those who know God, living in a world that's not what it's meant to be causes us to weep. John was the beloved disciple of Jesus. He knew Jesus really well. And yet he wept and wept at the sight of a world that needed redemption. You see, just like John, we need to hear the words that come next. Join me at verse 5. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. There is one who is worthy. There's one who's triumphed. He is able, and he's the one who will wipe our tears away. Here was the hope for the first century readers, too. You know, while the lions of the Roman Empire were threatening their death, it was the lion of God who promised them life. And there's hope here for us too. Notice the completeness, the totality of the victory. The lion has triumphed. There's no object that follows. Full stop. The lion has triumphed. He has conquered Everything over all things for all time, he has conquered death. He is able, he has the power to break the seals and open the scroll. Jesus is worthy. Only when John looks, he doesn't see this lion, instead, he sees almost the total opposite he sees a lamb. In verse 6, we see not just any lamb, but a lamb that looks as if it had been slain. Just pause here for a second, because a lot hinges on this description and we don't want to miss it. The lamb looks as if it has been slain. Now, I'm not an expert on dead animals, but one thing I do know is that they don't stand up. Yet here we see this slaughtered lamb standing in the centre of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the elders and soon these will all fall down in worship before this lamb that was once dead and now lives. Did you know that while this is the only time that Jesus has been referred to as the lion, He is the lamb 28 times just in Revelation, countless more times outside in the Old Testament prophecies. And he is the lamb with seven horns and seven eyes. The horns representing God's perfect strength and power and the eyes representing God's perfect wisdom. So the fullness of God rests in this lamb. We know this lamb to be Jesus, the one who has conquered the grave and now rules in power. Jesus stands in the centre of the universe and there will be a day when every single eye will see him. I wonder, do you see him now? Because seeing the infinite worth of Jesus results in our worship. And the moment the Lamb took the scroll, the four living creatures and the elders fell down before the Lamb, holding with them the prayers of all of God's people, and they began to worship him. See how the worthiness of Jesus results in worship. And there's something else to notice here. You know all of those quiet, tearful, Pleading prayers that you offer to God that seem to go unanswered? Look where they go. They're offered up as worship of the lamb who was slain. Every one of our prayers has a purpose and is heard and is used by God. The creatures at the throne worship Jesus. The countless angels worship Jesus. And then the whole universe worships Jesus. But why? Why do they worship Jesus? You see, Jesus is worthy of a new song. A song singing of redemption. Let's take a look at this new song. So from verse number 9. Should be behind me there. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchase for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. So we see that the basis of the Lamb's authority is that his death was paid as a ransom price to purchase men and women for God. He died the death that I deserve, that you deserve, that everyone deserves, and his death purchased a new status for all of those who come to him. No matter where they're from, no matter what they look like, No matter how they sound. And I guess that's why we here at EPC are many peoples, one in Christ. And I think that means a lot, doesn't it? What does it mean to be many peoples, one in Christ? We weep together. We're in a world that is broken. We are broken. We weep together as one, as we acknowledge our unworthiness, as we acknowledge the unworthiness of the world and everything in it. But we also worship together as one. Together we worship Jesus, for he is our treasure. He is the one of infinite worth and he is the only one who is worthy of our praise, of our lives. So what do we believe here at EPC? We believe Jesus is worthy. And we are a people who weep for the world without Jesus and we worship Jesus for his work of redemption. Let me pray. Father, we come to you thankful that you have accomplished your plan of redemption for this world. Lord, we thank you that in Jesus we have such a sure hope. Lord Jesus, we praise you as the lamb who was slain, and Lord, you are worthy. We join with your people of all time to sing to you, you are worthy of all glory, honour and praise. Father, help us to be our witness into the world, to be your people who weep over the things as they shouldn't be and we worship you for you are everything you should be. Help us to take your message of redemption into this community that we live. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.